Welcome back, guys. This is Kimberly Graham, your co-host of the Affluent Marriage Podcast, and we're so excited to have you here for the continuation of our previous episode. Before we get started, I want to make sure that you guys know that you can follow us and converse with us at the Affluent Marriage Pod on Instagram. That's where you can find us to connect with us, like our content, share our content, any of those types of things, but we also want to hear your stories there as well. So excited for the new stuff that you're going to learn from today's episode. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. So a lot of this so far has been in our head, right? We've thought about our interests. Mm-hmm. We thought about our passions, our hobbies. You know, how can we put that into or create a business based on that? And then think about your fictional ideal client. Mm-hmm. Who are the type of people that you would like to work with? Mm-hmm. That way, when you're reaching out and networking and marketing, it's focused. Mm-hmm. You're not just all over the place. Like you are laser focused. Like this is the kind of person that I want to work with, and this is who I'm going to speak to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk to anybody else. Mm-mm. It's a waste of my time. Waste of my time to talk so to anybody else. Once you've done that, the next thing you need to do is decide what is your business model going to be. Can you tell me a little about that? Yeah. So business models are different for every single business and it really matters what makes sense for you. You're going to see some people in the space who are coaches who might say the subscription model is best or the one-on-one coaching model is best or the hybrid model or the group model or whatever. Truth be told, it does not matter what what, what system you cho- choose to use. It matters to you. What do you like? Right. Um, so what, what do you, do you want? want? Right. So for me, I started with a subscription model. What we're doing here with the podcast this is a subscription model. That's me. Um, I'm a sub guy. And the thing is, I love hate subscriptions and I've learned that the hard way. I love subscriptions because they're passive. People can opt in and opt out. It's not really a, it's a numbers game, right? It's like, okay, if I get 35, 50 people in there and I just kind of mass produce them in there, great, awesome. If they don't listen to anything, not my problem. I, with my personal business and what in the nature of what I do, don't like my subscription model. And so I had to do away with it. Why? Because people weren't committing. They weren't showing up and that bothered me. That was not my ideal client. So I recognize that group models or high touch one-on-one, high touch hybrid models are my jam. That is where I live. So anyway, so when you're trying to figure out your ideal business model, you need to decide on a model that best fits your ideals and goals. Uh, So it could be traditional e-commerce or subscription-based model or a digital products and services model. Um, So again, choosing what makes sense to you. If you like designing things and you're like, I love designing things and I just want to put it on a marketplace and people can shop till they drop. And I just want to showcase that I have a ton of products. Great. You're an e-commerce digital product model. But if you're a service-based, you'd like to be able to sit very closely to someone. You like to be able to like teach them. That's a service-based model. You're a model girl. (laughs) A service-based model. And all of them can be very lucrative depending on your, how, how, bad you want it. So choose a business model that's realistic and achievable for your available resources. Right. There's no, I, li- I like that you said, there's no one way no, to build really wealth, right? All of these models can be successful. Mm-hmm. All of these models have people that are making millions, oh, yeah. billions, mm-hmm. right? Hundreds of thousands or thousands. Like there are people who are making tons of money doing any one of these models. Yep. You just have to find what's your business idea who's your ideal client, and then choose the model that fits your business best. For this podcast, it's subscribers. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. 
For your business, it's service-based, mm-hmm. right? You're working one-on-one or you're working with small groups or large groups or courses. Collaboration, right? like that makes my heart sore. It, that's, you know, that's what works best for your business. But I love this point because you said this too. You have to choose something that is realistic. Mm-hmm. That's super important. It has to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we dream and we get our head in the clouds, come back to reality. Mm-hmm. Whatever you decide needs to be realistic, needs to be tangible, needs to be something that you can actually accomplish and do. All right. And it has to be within your available resources. Mm-hmm. So many people I hear about start up a business and they use resources they don't have to start their business. And then, like we talked about, you went through three or four businesses before you hit this one. Mm-hmm. If every one of those three or four businesses you used resources that were not available to you, you went into debt mm-hmm. five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars with every business that you tried. That's a lot of debt. We'd be in real trouble right and now. And let me tell you, you probably would be like, "No, you cannot start another business," <laughs> right? Um, and there's there's pros and cons to all of these things too, right? If you are like, I keep thinking in my mind, I'm thinking about the budget mom. Or um, there's another person who does uh, budget things. But anyway, um, a lot of people who are in the budgeting finance space, like so the basic financial space, they will do a lot of like journals or, you know, printables or, you know, e-guides or something like that. And so what they'll do is they'll do that and that's all they'll market. And they'll make millions doing that. And But they know their target audience. But they know their target audience. And also, they're not wondering whether... Susie, who bought this, is still using it six years later. They don't care. I'm not saying that that's not a part of their heart, but they don't care. That's that's up to you. I made the resource. I gave you the materials. You go use it how you see fit, right? I tried that model. Don't like it, right? Because I, I care too much. I'm like, Susie bought it. I wonder if she's still using it. Six months later, I'm still thinking about Susie. That's not healthy for my brain. So I need to not focus on that. Um, Whereas but there's, for me, like, I treat like this podcast almost like Netflix, right? If someone's subscribing and they don't listen for six months, I don't get offended by that. And quite frankly, I don't care because I don't care. No, it's because if I'm watching Netflix, I don't watch Netflix every day, but I'll have a moment like four months later where I'll be like, you know what? I haven't watched this show in a while. I'm gonna go back and binge it, right? So you're paying for the content and the content will be there when you're ready to listen. If you wanna binge 12 episodes in a week, you are welcome to do that. So if you're not listening week to week, fine by me. Like, oh, yeah, I don't care because sure. I know that you still have the content and you can listen to it and binge it whenever you'd like. So, yeah, I mean, you certainly you do care way oh, too much, yes. which is just a part. It's of who just you a are. part of who I am. We've discussed that already. I it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> um, but anyway, so. All that to say, find what makes sense for you. The other thing is to consider scalability. Uh, Choose a business model that is scalable. That means it can go up and can grow in your business and it can continue to make more revenue. You should also be thinking about automation in this as well. If I can automate certain things and I can make things run faster, if I can employ people to do some of the the work that I'm doing, um, the back office work or whatever, then that means I can do my job even faster or free up my time to do other things, other projects that I'm passionate about that are like other branches of this business. Um, so that is something that you could think about too. If you are working super hard and you're still breaking even or you're just making a little bit more, you have to really go back to your systems and go, what am I doing? I'm doing too much. I need to figure out how to simplify so that I can actually scale the business and continue to grow. So you and I work in two different models but both of these are scalable, right? So for 
this subscription-based model, it's scalable because I can get as many subscribers mm-hmm. as I can possibly get, right? On autopilot as well. On autopilot. Mm-hmm. I can also use that platform to get into public speaking, mm-hmm. right? So there's scalability there, which then brings in more people mm-hmm. and then more subscribers, right? And then also I can take the subscribers and I can f- take them with me wherever I go, right? Those Absolutely. followers, I can start an OnlyFans <laughs> and people can follow me there. You're ridiculous. I just told you how we're going to scale this business, babe. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, because I'm a model. Right. Subscription model. Subscription model. Um, but uh, with scalability for coaching or services-based model, it could be a lot of times coaching is very high ticket. So you're going to be paying, you know, a good four figures to be working with someone mid to it could be you know, five figures, depending on what type of services you're getting. So if you're doing something that's four or five figures to scale is when you start building out systems and when you start hiring on. So like I have a system or I have a team of two amazing assistants who handle all my back office, my emails, my connecting. Nope. And I'm amazing. And you are amazing. Um, I was going to say something else, but I will not. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so like there's uh, there's other people that I have there who are handling the back office. So I have more free time and they're giving me leads on autopilot. So I'm still able to bring in more clients and I've automated my process so that my clients can come in. They get the first steps in a video format before they actually meet with me with a strategy question. So as I grow, I'm going to be able to hire more coaches. I'm going to be able to hire and build it out. I'm also going to be able to be on stages. I can like, there's so much you can do to scale it and continue to build further. Right. So also, I could just raise prices. Yeah. <laughs> so remember choosing the right business model is just one part of building a successful business regularly reviewing and adjusting your business model based on customer feedback and market trends is important to ensure your ongoing success. Have you ever asked people, like, have you ever gone to the people? Have you ever done that market research? (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. When I first started, like, that's what I did. Like when I first started, I was like, oh, I need to make sure that I ask people like, is this something that's needed? Um, My coaches, my mentors were the people that I really asked for memberships or um, for initial market research. And I was like, is this something that other coaches need? And it was like a resounding girl. (laughs) Yes. I mean, so many people who say they make money and they don't. (laughs) And I'm like, really? Introduce me to them because I want to help them. Um, So it was doing that and, and just continuing to ask questions. So yes, I've done market research over and over and over again. I think that's what I that's that's the next step for the podcast is I want to reach out to the subscribers mm-hmm. and even the people who just follow on Instagram and just ask for a little customer feedback, you mm-hmm. know, just to see what they're thinking about the podcast. And I don't just want positives. I want oh, like I want negatives. all the sauce. <laughs> I want it all. All right. So choosing a business structure is the next step mm-hmm. when thinking about how to start a business. So you need to decide on the legal structure of your business. You know, I love this because I'm saying these things, but I have, have absolutely no idea what he's talking about. I have absolutely no idea about how to start a business. <laughs> now I have watched you for the past, you know, six, seven years run different businesses. So a lot of this episode is your voice because you are the star of the show. But I do my research, girl. I know you do. I do my research. So listen, people. Okay. From the man who does research. I'm listening. You need to choose a business structure, Kim. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. You need to decide on a legal structure for your business, mm-hmm. such as sole proprietorship, mm-hmm. 
proprietorship, mm-hmm. the ship of propriety, mm-hmm. that word, mm-hmm. you need to think of maybe like an LLC or a corporation, right? This will help you determine the liability, the tax and ownership structure of your business. How did that sound? Oh my gosh, you did a you did an all right job. All right, I want you to say that Solid word. Solid seven out of 10. Can you tell me? Proprietorship. Ooh, you made it sound so good. That's that <laughs> private school education right there coming through. Proprietorship, yeah. Proprietorship. Uh-huh. You did it. I did it. You did it. I did it. So yeah, so this is really just fancy jargon for like, you need to have a CPA. You need to have somebody who's going to be able to help you with the back office of this because this is not something that you could just read a book and be like, this is what I need to do for my business because it's going to be different for every single state, for every entity, the nature of your business, what you're doing. Um, There might be trademarks. That's not even on here too. There might be trademarks involved, especially if you're doing graphics. You might need trademarks. You might need, um, you know, certain types of names, domains, all that stuff. And all of these things are kind of like business one-on-one, 101, but I wouldn't even focus on necessarily this business structure at the very beginning. There's another thing that I I think I took out of here where it was like, create a website. And I'm like, that's not really the first thing that you should be doing. Like as of today, the Affluent Marriage Podcast does not have an email list and it also does not have a website. It has a domain name, but it doesn't have anything else. Why? Because we just didn't get to it yet, honestly. But it's not necessary for us to do the actual meat and potatoes of what's actually going to drive our business forward, which is this. And that's what I was going to say. I think sometimes we can get distracted by the fluffy stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the garnish to put on those meat and potatoes. And you spend so much time trying to make the plate look pretty that you forget about the main content right. and what people are actually, you know, trying to sink their teeth into, right? They could care less about those little garnish leaves on the side. Like they want themselves a juicy steak, some fluffy potatoes. Potatoes. Now I will say you definitely, especially if you're in the service industry, you do not want to try and talk to someone and give them advice, whether it be about their mental health, whether it be about their finances without having an LLC or something that protects you. Um, I'll talk a little bit about it later because I have it in some notes below. Oh, okay. But an LLC is going to be super helpful for you. And it's at the least if you're dealing with people, you want to have an LLC. But we'll talk more about that later on because I honestly should have deleted this whole part because there's a lot of jargon in here and basically get, you could have get saved me some from saying proprietorship i could have but i was like oh uh, you just wanted to really hear me funny. talk i really did i really did i totally finished i did not see this whole thing i must have accidentally missed it so hey, that's a lot of jargon it is but you know what <laughs> i i do want to say this right we write all these notes and he there was like is, look at it before we do it right but i think this is important right i think you need to identify Oh, your yes. business goals, right? Yeah. So when you're thinking about your structure, you also need to consider what are your short-term goals, what are your long-term business goals, and how they can impact your choice of your business structure, right? So for the Affluent Marriage Podcast, right, short-term, I honestly think short-term was just straight up get the podcast out there, yeah, right, and be consistent and show up regularly because a lot of times people have these ideas of a business and they just never do it. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was like, you know what? This really hit my brain back in like February, January, February. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Because I got pissed Yeah. because I didn't get that job Mm -hmm. at the end of the second quarter. So now we're in like January, right? Mm -hmm. I was upset because I didn't get that gig that I wanted. It was supposed to be a sweet gig. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing something on my own. So 
Two months later, this was boom, his revenge. Pod, it's my revenge tour. <laughs> Two months later, boom, podcast is out there, and yeah. we're recording episodes, and we are on episode twenty-three now, right? Yeah, right. So that was the short-term goal. Is really just like let's just do the thing. Long-term goal is I want it to replace my income. Yeah. And I would love for this to be my main gig, and I say goodbye to teaching, and then I just spend my time teaching people and not listening to people. <laughs> Just just sharing my knowledge and, you know, having people on the show and that's it. Yeah, I, I do think it's important to to do short term and long term goals with your business, especially when it comes to your finances. A perfect example of this is I meet with clients all the time and I'm like, OK, how much do you want to make? And they go ten thousand dollars. Why? Like, who told you that? Like, who told you $10,000 is what you needed to make? It's not that I don't want you to dream big. I'm just like, why? <laughs> why 10000 Where is that? What is that money actually going to do for you? Do you even know? Have you even thought about it? Most clients have no clue. They're like, oh, that $10,000 goes right in my pocket. I put a little bit away for savings, though. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't. What about um, business expenses? What, what about, about business taxes? expenses? What about taxes? What about employees? What about profit? What about, about right? And how are you going to get to that 10K on a consistent basis? Do you even know? like, you know, your ideal client, like all the things we just mentioned before. So I, what I ask people to do, and here's a good pro tip for you. What I ask people to do is to go to your home budget. Do you know how much you need, how much you need from your home to survive, right? I'm not talking about your salary because most likely if we're talking to the right ideal client, the whole check you're bringing in from your business or from your uh, nine to five, you don't actually use all of it you probably only use some of it. So find out how much you actually need for like the things you absolutely need for your home. Find out that number. And it might be like for us, it's $5,160 in some sense, right? And that includes savings, that includes our, all that stuff, right? So if that's what I know I need to bring in, and then I go, okay, what is the percentage I should bring in profit from my business? 50%? Okay, that means that I have to bring in $11,000 in like in cash every single month in order to meet this quota. That is, that is like more of a very clear, I have a reason why I need to bring in that much money. And then I can work on... I just threw my mic around. Then I You're can passionate. work on how to bring in what subscription, what business model is going to work to bring about that result. So then I know my long-term goal and I know my short-term goal by starting with what I absolutely need and working back. It's like backwards mapping. So start with the end in mind. Well, how much do you want to have in your bank, bank account? So that's a pro tip for you. Hey, this is Kim Graham from the Affluent Marriage Podcast. We hope you're enjoying what you're listening to so far. But if you're thinking to yourself, man, I wish I knew more about what's going on in Kim and Dan's world. I want to ask some specific questions and be able to get extra resources. Well, you might want to think about joining the Graham fam. Now, I know I love exclusive content and I love having more of Kim in my life. And if that's something you're interested in, you can be a subscriber and you can get exclusive episodes that no one else is going to hear that's going to help you build generational wealth and have more authentic two-way communication. Links are down in the show description. You'll be able to click and see more information about GramFam, and we hope to see you behind the scenes. Have a great one, and let's get back to the show. Yeah, I love that you when you threw out our number, you said how much you had to make to meet that number, and you didn't even include me or my income, so you're just trying to, you know... Get that 5,160... The stay-at-home dad. You yeah, know? man. I love that. That 5,160 is how much we need for our family. Absolutely. But then you said how much you oh, need to make 11, to, cover the, to cover the whole thing. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh, sweet. I don't Because that is my work. goal. That is a long-term goal is that my paycheck takes care of everything and your income is just throwing... I want to go on more vacations, babe. 
I yeah, I get that. You know, I, I fully believe <laughs> that like my income and this rental property is gonna be like our vacation and, and just woo, entertainment. Woo, woo. Like we're gonna be going we're to Disney be doing like, lots of fun stuff multiple man. times a year. People are gonna be like, How do you do it? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we do some pretty awesome stuff <laughs> to get to this point. <laughs> so no matter how great your business idea, no matter what structure you choose, no matter what you're doing with your business, it doesn't matter if people don't know about it, right? Mm -hmm. Robert Kiyosaki said that, well, he was talking about himself and how he's he's known Mm -hmm. for being, you know. Not being the best author. Right, he's known for being one of the best sellers. Right. His book is a bestseller. He never said that his book was the best written book of all time, mm-hmm. right? Not like some best writer or whatever. He is the best seller. And that is why he is who he is today because he sold mm-hmm. so many copies of his book. That took work yeah. to get it out there, to get it to be known, to get it to be established so that people would purchase it. You have to establish your online presence, mm-hmm. right? You could have the next best mousetrap. I mean, it catches so many mice. It's like 100% success rate. Like it could be the greatest thing ever, but no one's gonna buy it if they don't know about it. You have to establish an online presence. So develop a strong online presence by using social media, content marketing, and other digital marketing tactics to attract customers and build that brand awareness. Mm, Yep. I would say, and I said this before, do not focus on creating a stellar website or building an email list if it's not your jam. You can pay people to do those things. And what I do, another pro tip, this is something that I should totally put into Graham fam. You guys are getting a nice little like gems from the box. (laughs) It's really, it's as simple as this. Like the content is so good and it doesn't matter if you're listening here or you're listening on Thursdays for Grand Fam. It's like you're so getting good. gold. Like so you're getting gold. If you're getting gold here, you got to believe that there's so much more gold on the other side. Dude. Dude, what are you gold. doing? Get the gold. So, okay, don't spend all of your time doing that, right? So, something that I do is I make my assistant do my emails for me and literally she recycles content that I've done. She copies and pastes my content, puts it on an email, makes it look pretty, puts a cute picture there and says, book now. I don't really care how well it converts right now because where my highest conversion rate is, is from talking to people in the DMs. But if Facebook, if Instagram, if Twitter, if I don't have a Twitter, if LinkedIn, if any of those things went down, if YouTube went down, what would I have left? My email list. So guess what? That's when I'd be like, well, I've already warmed up my email list. They know I'm there. So let me go ahead and just go straight to that email list and start coaching there. But I can do that because I'm creating consistency. That's really all I care about with that, right? Same thing with my website. It's not supposed to, like, it does not have to be the most beautiful thing ever. If I'm going to speaking engagements and all that stuff, maybe I would zhuzh it up a little bit more. But most of the time I would send people to my, my, uh, my, my social media outlet. That's where I would have them go because that's where I live and that's where my content is living and breathing. That's gonna be the best indication of who I am, not really my website. So don't spend all of your time doing that. Don't wait to make a sale because you're waiting on your website or your email list to be ready. Just do the meat and potatoes. Whatever that thing is that's gonna be able to get you people into your world, that's what you focus on. So yeah. Yeah, 
And and for this next part, we really need to have a strategy for the content that you're posting on social media. I will tell you that my time on social has been short, mm-hmm. but it has been sweet. You have been doing but a really great job. Let me I say this say. because it wasn't it wasn't like that, and I have you to thank for that. But listen, when I first started Instagram, which has probably been like two months now, mm-hmm. would you say my first month? or maybe my first couple of weeks, I literally was just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what would stick. I would create reels, I would create posts, and they'd be about anything and everything. They were just all over the place, you know? And a lot of them were probably just silly or just me being stupid. And then every now and then, I would throw in some financial content. And then you talked to me about having pillars. Mm -hmm. And you said that my content should have three different pillars. Do you remember what those were? So I said they should have pillars that are just, they're just continuous. Like they are just the main heartbeat of who you are, who you want to reach out to. So it goes back to that client avatar. What are the three pillars or four pillars? There could be lots of pillars, but like- However many pillars you want. However many pillars you want, but they need to be like the strong foundation. That's what you always come back to. So for us, it's like our story. Like the person who is our ideal client is always going to be drawn to our story. They're going to be like, dang, that's a cool, that's a right. I don't, it doesn't matter if you've heard, seen it for the umpteenth time. Whenever you see our story come up, you're like, man, that's a good story. <laughs> like, I have people that I watch all the time. I know their story backwards and forwards, could tell it to them and recite it. But I love seeing their story. Love it. So it's our story. It's our family. And it's our relationship. So those are the main things. I feel like that's it. Right? And money. And money. Which well, is all a part money of it, right? It's all a part of it. Too. So you told me that and I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. I think I'm missing a few pillars Mm -hmm. because I was throwing all this spaghetti at the wall seeing what would stick. And a lot of it was just my silliness or, you know, maybe things about money or whatever. But I was like, I don't have as much as I'd like to have about our story and how we overcame obstacles and challenges and where we are today. So I've started including more content like that. And that's a pillar. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll, you'll see you know, that same message displayed multiple ways of our story, my family, you know, I wasn't necessarily displaying just those everyday things that we're doing, you know, with our family, and that's our story. And that's who we are. So you'll see more things about what me and the girls are doing, or what you and I are doing and date nights and things. Um, Of course, there's just the silly stuff, because that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. And you know, the things about the podcast and finance. And so those are really Yeah, like you said, those are my four pillars. So once we had that conversation, it just like, it all became so clear to me, like, wow, like, this is what I need to be doing. This is what I need to be talking about. And my content becoming became way more focused. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this too. A lot of my content, even though I was focused was still all all over the place, because we dropped six or seven episodes that first week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was trying to talk about every single episode and I was pulling content from here and content from there. It was just like all over the place. You know, sometimes I was talking about business and sometimes I was talking about budgeting and it was just, it was everywhere and everywhere. But now that we're on to like episode 23, I can actually focus my content even more and say, okay, what you're seeing on Instagram, what you're seeing on social is exactly what you're listening to that week. So if something appeals to you in social, you can take that a step further and go actually listen to it and watch it Mm -hmm. on the podcast so you can get even more 
right? And then you can go back to social and you can see what comes up the next day that has to do with that same topic and you can communicate and we can talk. Like, I just love how focused it is now and it's aligned. Everything Mm -hmm. is aligned. It's in sync. And it's because we have a strategy. Yeah. And I do want to make sure that you guys know that when you're you're establishing yourself on social, it's not about vanity metrics. If you're only focused on vanity metrics, you're not going to grow um, because you're going to focus on the numbers and that's going to be it. And in the same way that a person can have a million dollars, but be actually mentally poor um, because they don't have an understanding of how to manage their money and it just goes through their fingers. You can have a million followers, sure. But if you don't know how to talk to them and tell them exactly what they need to hear, if you don't know how to convert them into people who want to sell, people who want to sell, buy into your offer, people that want to listen to what you're, you're saying, then you're not really you're not really doing what you're supposed to do. So like you need to not focus on the vanity metrics so much. Focus on how can I be talking directly to my ideal client every single day. They might not respond yet, but they are out there and you being consistent and sharing your story and sharing what you want to tell that person over and over again, they will find you and when they do they will come in hives and you will have a list of hungry people who were like, whatever you have, I want it. Right. And you might have 500 of those, but that's better than five. That, that's better than 5,000 people who don't really know you. And they're just kind of been bought or you kind of had to do the something thing that was way outside of the scope of what you actually wanted to say. Like it was not a, a focused thing. Those are not really the people that you want anyway. They're not going to be your ideal client. So it's not going to help your business grow. Yeah. I feel like the thing that I need to do better is engaging mm-hmm. with my audience. I absolutely do respond to people when they comment, but I don't feel like I'm necessarily trying to cultivate conversations. Like I said, I don't really want to listen to people. <laughs> so it is hard for me to go out there and reach out and have these conversations because I don't want to you know be what? fake and I don't want to be inauthentic, right? I want to be real. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking to you, know that I am attempting to be real mm-hmm. and I'm not just going to go trying to create a fake conversation, but it is important to engage with your audience when you're trying to establish your online presence, right? You can respond to comments, message people promptly, participate in online communities related to your business. You know, that is certainly something that I know that I could do more for the podcast. So so the other day, Daniel and I, Daniel was like, Kim, what, what are some things that you're doing in your business? Like I started doing this new thing where I do tasks every single day in my Google form or my Google calendar. And it's been really helpful to help me feel like I've accomplished things so that I'm not thinking about my business all night long, like we mentioned before. Oh, nice. So he, I said, one of the things that I'm really, really bad at is posting our content on several different platforms. I know it's easy. The content's already made. The, the music's already there. The, the caption's already there, but for whatever reason, I find it so hard to sit down and focus on doing it. It just feels like a waste of time to me. I know it's not, but it just feels like it. So we started doing this thing where I, where he asks me, have you done your content today? And I'm like, no, I haven't. I haven't spread it onto different platforms. And he's like, okay. So he'll sit down with me and make me like, this is what you got to do today. And it just, so it takes less than eight minutes. I just can't believe how quick it is and how I'm just like, I don't want to do it. But for whatever reason, anyway, so I put it out there, right? So maybe during that time is when you can engage with people. Oh, okay. So yes, during the time that I make mm-hmm. you post to all the different platforms, 
I can actually There's going to be out. parts of business sure. that you just are like, this is not my do. favorite. Like editing is not my favorite and you do the editing and that makes me happy. Um, so I hope that you guys from what we're sharing are understanding that building a business, right, which is a ridiculously amazing wealth building tool, does take time. Everything takes time. Nothing, nothing is a get rich quick thing. If it is, it's not real or it's it's too good to be true. Everything that's worth building wealth with takes time. So get it out of your head that you need that you want it to happen fast. And it, it, it does take time to build a business long term, but I think it's important to remember that during the day-to-day times, right? Because you talked about posting content. Sometimes there's not enough time in the day and you don't need to you know, overextend yourself and try to post all of the things in one day, Mm -hmm. right? It's a slow process. It takes time. If you don't get to get to do something on day one, guess what? Day two's there for you. Mm -hmm. Get at it the next day. Just keep at it. Stay consistent. Keep showing up. Keep establishing yourself. Keep learning. Keep growing. And you're going to see success. But it doesn't, it's not going to happen all at once. It's not going to all happen in day one. There's just not enough time. Mm-mm, there's not. So, so give yourself, you know, checklists and say, okay, this is what I can do. I can focus on 10 minutes a day. Build your business 10 minutes a day. So after you have finished identifying like what it is that you want to build a business on, you've identified your ideal client. You've identified like the model of how you want your business to your be structure. run. The structure. You've started to build your um, your audience and you started to you know engage in social and build a social uh, media existence where you're like, okay, I'm consistently posting somewhere. Don't overwhelm yourself on all the platforms. Just focus on one for the first you know, six months or so as you're doing this. Then it's time to actually get a sale and launch your business, right? So as you're doing that market research and as you're doing the um, engaging in social, that's actually a really great time to start getting people who are interested. If you see someone who's constantly liking on your stuff, that's not your mom or your sister. Trust me, when you get outside of that realm and you're like, yes, somebody other than my family members have liked my content. It's a beautiful thing. Um, But when you actually start doing market research and you're getting people who are like, who are you? What do you do? I'm curious about you. You're starting to create networking. That's when you can start launching a business and you actually have people and warm leads that you can choose from. So um, now you're ready to look at some potential customers. So there are several different ways that you can host and launch an event. So for a podcast, for example, or something that is a subscription base, what we did was we had five episodes ready to go and we threw them all at you at once. So you had something to binge and we, you know, we're, Daniel went into each message of people who, who liked and followed us on, um, on the Affluent Marriage Pod on Instagram and individually messaged them to say thank you, which a lot of people were like, wow, dude, like that's, that's a lot. But like that is what it needed to be happen, right? Other people like to do webinars. Um, webinars are a great way to like have people who are interested come to a place. It's free. They're getting information. And at the end, they have something that they can actually buy into. Um, another thing is just simply by going into the DMs and asking people if this is something they'd be interesting, uh, interested in and getting on a call. It could also be just putting a call to action in every single post and saying, are you ready to do this? the links are down below so that you can start purchasing your product. So launching your business doesn't have to be this grandiose, I have a grand opening. 
it could be something really small that you're doing uh, every single day, or it could be something to get that curiosity going. But you need to make sure that you are consistently pushing your business because now it's actually something that you can push. There's nothing that you can say, oh, well, I have to focus on the website. Stop it. Stop focusing on the website. Get out there and make that sale. Yes. When you're starting a yes. business. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I went Correct. Off. Yes, you did. But I love it. When it's time to launch your business, go out there, do the thing. But to me, a business launch is going to happen multiple times. Oh, yeah throughout the course of your business, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important to, you know, collect feedback from your customers, you know, get that feedback, get that market research, test, refine, try things, change things. And then you're basically going to launch your business again at another point, right? Like we've basically done that with the millionaire blueprint, right? We launched our business initially, we tested it, we tried things out, some things worked, some things didn't. And then we were like, all right, boom, new launch millionaire blueprint, mm -hmm. new launch, right? There's always going to be different launches in your business, right? Your business with KG Millionaire Coach, you've launched a number of different programs. Some worked well, some did not. Mm -hmm. You learned from it. You asked people what they liked, what they didn't like, and you launched something else. So a launch, a host event, like these things can happen multiple times throughout your business. It's just important to always be reflective mm, and yeah. to really study and see what your business has done and what you can do. Yeah. Ultimately, business is all about marketing, right? And marketing is all about testing and refining and testing and it's refining. It's a practice. It is a practice. In the same way that if you ever thought about this, your doctor is a, they always call it, you know, oh. Practitioner. I, a, protect, a, pr a practitioner. Wow. Proprietorship. <laughs> pra um, practitioner. A practitioner. Um, but they also call it like a practice. Why is that? Because every single person that comes in it's practicing. I'm going to try to use what I know. I'm going to try it on this situation. And if it works, great. I have now a better understanding of how to solve this problem the next time it comes in. If I don't have an answer, we try things out until we figure out what works. It's a practice. Your business is a practice, but you have to keep staying on top of it and keep refining it and figuring out what are the tweaks that you need to create to, in order to find the perfect program, the perfect launch, the perfect product that for your clients and also for you. So hooray. Hooray. We did You've it. You've launched your business. We've launched a business. You've got your meat and potatoes out there. And when you have time, you can add some garnish to it, make it pretty. Mm -hmm. But the important thing is to get it out there, right? Take action. Don't just sit back. Don't just stay in la la land and dream all day. If you want this, you go need to get, get after it. it and go get it. Go get it. I do have a couple of things that I want to say about business licenses. Yes, and because banks. earlier you said you would talk about this later. So here we are. Here we are. So a word on that. So an LLC is really important. It's very important, especially if you're dealing with people, which most of us are, because it protects you if a client uh, decides that they don't like something that you did and they want to come after you and sue you, an LLC, so if they decided to sue me, they would sue KG Financial LLC. The only thing they could come after is the assets that my business has. So if I have money in my business, that's the only thing they can touch. Anything in my family, anything in my family's name, they cannot touch. And so that's what's important about an LLC. You want to protect your wealth that you've created in your personal life by making sure you have an LLC so that your monies are protected. Um, and so that is really important to have. The other thing that's really important is to have somebody who's in on your side in either in your state 
or in your tax or any of that to make sure that you're staying up to date on business licenses, on taxes, on making sure that you have the exact percentages that you need to put aside for your business. Nobody else, like including myself, a, a, a you know person who works in finances, is going to know what works specifically right for you, except that tax person because they know more of your uh, tax standing in a state. So make sure that you have those people in your um, team. The other thing that I'll say that people ask questions is when do I get a business bank account? Um, I actually refer, uh, tell people that before they even get started with their business, you could just get a regular bank account. Don't let that be the thing that stops you. Um, but then once you get a little bit more established and you're like, whoa, this business is working, I'm bringing in money, that's when you get a business uh, account. So that way you're a little bit more secure. Lastly, Surround yourself, like I said, with a professional team. So that CPA, those coaches, those mentors, they're going to keep you scaling. They're going to keep you growing. They're going to keep challenging you to build that business to where you want it to be. So those are my last notes that I needed to share that weren't, didn't really fit necessarily in our notes. Earlier in the episode, I told you that I made a huge mistake. Okay. What was your mistake? Are you ready? What? I made a huge mistake this podcast. You probably didn't even notice, but I did. I left the NBA playoffs on in the background, and I will not lie to you. There have been multiple times where I just, you know, took some time to watch the game mid-podcast. <laughs> New York just defeated Miami in game five, and they survived, and they're going to be going on to game six. Go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. I'm... And right now the Lakers are playing, and they're down to the Golden State Warriors 21 to 10. Are you pretending that this is like, are you commenting right now? Are, are you pretending no, like you're one I'm of the not commentators? I'm one of the commentators. I'm Although just, that would be pretty legit. I am just telling you that I've been very distracted during this podcast and I will never leave that TV on ever again. <laughs> you're getting a Big good mistake. glimpse. Huge. You're getting a, a, a good glimpse into our world right now because have I, I knew that TV was on and I knew it was basketball, but I also didn't care. Like, Because <laughs> you could care less could about care sports. I could care less about football. <laughs> but, yep, that's football. <laughs> big mistake huge no but i don't i don't really care good day sir so i mean it is what it is the good thing is i could literally talk about this all day every day like every day ask me any question about it i will i can talk for hours for those out there listening kim and they've listened to this podcast on how to start a business what call to action would you have for the people dude call to action if you want to build a business, because not everybody wants to, ask yourself, are you ready to put in the work? Are you ready? Are you ready to, what type of time are you willing to invest into yourself to make sure that you can start this business and make it something that is a wealth building tool? I love that. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Affluent Marriage Podcast today. It has been an absolute pleasure to spend time talking with you about how to start your business. Because I know, Kim, that someone we're talking to right now mm -hmm. has a million-dollar business idea. Yep. They and they be. haven't even started it yet. But maybe because of this podcast, they they're going to think about how bad they actually want it. And they're going to get after it. That's and they're right. going to do the thing and build the thing. And, and I love that. And you know what's beautiful about that ideal client we're talking to right now? They listened to this whole podcast. And they were like, oh, my gosh, this is a lot of steps, but I'm ready to do it. And if that's you, mm, you are the ideal client. Yeah. You are crazy. Go back and re-listen. You are crazy. Write it down. Take but notes, step by step. you wrote down notes and you said, 
I'm ready to do this. Let's go. Get a friend, have them listen, talk to them about it. Yeah. You know? Have an accountability. Create that team around you. And if you need help, just let us know. Hey, hit us up. We're at the Affluent Marriage Pod on Instagram and KG Millionaire Coach on Instagram. Yep. Would love to help you. Guys, go live in love, walk in wealth. Take care, y'all. See you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.